welcome to another episode of Footnotes. Today, we're gonna to be talking to Peter Shand, the CEO of Business Development Corporation. Business Development Corporation is a business that comes alongside of banks who are making loans through the Small Business Administration's uh, various loan programs. Peter's gonna to talk to us about the ins and outs of small business, uh, of SBA lending, the to-dos and not-to-dos, and might even demystify some of that process. Stay tuned. Peter, thank you for joining us today. We've got Peter Shand, who is the CEO of Business Development Corporation here in Columbia. Um, it's a business that helps people uh, kind of wind their way through the SBA lending process. And uh, we thought you would just be a great guest to have on Footnotes, just to talk to people out there about what is SBA lending, what does it do, what should you use it for if you're interested in. But I figure we'd start with you know, this question of does, does the Small Business Administration actually make loans to people or how does, where does that come from and where did it start? Great question. There are two main programs at SBA, 7A and the 504. Okay. About three quarters of all SBA loans are 7A loans. And that's really a guarantee. So another lender like Business Development Corporation or one of the banks will um, obtain a guarantee from the SBA. So it's truly the lender's money. Okay. The 504 program is a little bit different. The SBA uh, guarantees a debenture, but the funds come from an investor, not a lender. So it's a little bit different. Mm -hmm. But in general, the SBA does not make a loan. You can't call the SBA to apply for a loan in okay. general, for one of these business loans. Okay. Yeah, so in question. other words, you're still going through a traditional bank or some other lending lender of money. Yep. And uh, they're basically saying, or the SBA is saying, if you meet certain, if the loan meets certain qualifications, they will sort of put their stamp on it for the lender in case the, the borrower is not able to pay or repay the loan because business is risky after all. Sure. That's exactly what happens is the SBA has standards and we help those borrowers uh, either apply for or meet those standards to get the guarantee. So if you're a business owner out there and, and, you're, and you're watching this and, this and, and you've probably heard of SBA lending, but you've never really thought about it and you've just maybe bootstrapped your business or, or used you know, bank lines of credit or things like that, help, help people understand. So how do you know if you wanna borrow money to buy a business or to grow your business or, to, or, or I guess plant and equipment, things like that, how do you know when you should think about using an SBA-backed loan as opposed to something else? Well, it's a great question. Really, if, if a business can borrow from a bank, they should. And we tell, we tell applicants that. If you can get this somewhere else other than through an SBA loan, you should. The <laughs> terms are probably gonna be a little better for you rate-wise. Other requirements at a bank would be less than the SBA requires. However, your loan your business and your loan may have more risk than a bank can actually approve a loan for. So this perfect case would be a new business or a young business that hasn't quite proven itself yet with cash flow. Mm -hmm. Business needs two years of cash flow history that can support a loan. If it's not there, SBA can use projections. Uh, so we're projected to have uh, adequate cash flow in the future. Great use for an SBA loan. Okay. Collateral is another uh, good a, another good area where a bank is going to require collateral, mm -hmm. usually over and above the loan amount. Mm -hmm. Whereas SBA says, as long as you've got all the collateral that's available, you can still move forward. Lack of collateral is not a reason to turn a loan down. 
so flexibility on collateral as well. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Um, I, I think that's something that a lot of people are not aware of. You know, they may be only aware of sort of the traditional bank model that's going to look for, a, I think as, as a former banker also, we would say over collateralized loan, um, you know, thanks to the uh, uh, financial crisis in 2008 and 9 is when a lot of those things came came on. Uh, but also, I think one of the things you said, which is really key, is for a for a young business, someone that may not even have two years of financial results, but has good projections that they can sort of, I guess, keep a straight face and and, and present to someone, yeah. that that opens up the, these programs for them to be able to get the capital they need for their businesses. Um, what are some things, so if someone is, is wanting to do, let's say they are that younger business and, and they may not have the two years of financials, you know, when someone comes to you guys, to Business Development Corporation, what do they need to have, if you will, in order to maybe start that process? Well, so it doesn't necessarily have to be just a young business or even a startup, but all businesses are going to need to have a financial package for an application. Okay. That's whether you go to a bank or whether you go to a lender like us for an SBA loan. Mm -hmm. But really, we should have financial records. So three years of tax returns and financial statements, personal financial statements, um, budgets, business plan if it's relatively new. Mm -hmm. um, those sorts of things help us understand the business and whether it can repay the loan. Mm -hmm. So when you get that kind of information, and again, I know you're using that for underwriting purposes and it's kind of a, a calculation type thing, but do you ever find yourself doing a little informal business consulting for people? We have to, yeah, sure. sure. What's that like? Well, so very few people have applied for a commercial loan, much less an SBA loan in the past. So we have to guide them through the process. That's navigating that is, is a big part of what we do. Mm -hmm. um, th there is a technical aspect to it. We have to advise uh, prospective borrowers on what we've seen with our existing successful borrowers. Okay. So in other words, if they're coming in with projections showing they're gonna make a tremendous amount of money right out of the gate, very simple uh, example is that we would just say, you know, I, in our experience, in our startup lending, uh, most borrowers start off a little slower. <laughs> so let's be, let's just be realistic mm -hmm. and look at two years. Mm -hmm. Are you doing better in the second year? If you're not doing better in the second year, it's probably not uh, the right business. We really have one year of losses that we can look at. The next year, it really needs to be self-sustaining. Mm -hmm. Do you find that most borrowers are, do achieve that sort of self-sustaining status, for lack of a better word, in that second year, or is that harder than it seems? Well, businesses in general, no. Businesses that we loan to, yes. Okay. And so what's the difference? Well, they've been through a rigorous selection process, a lot of um, you know application information approval, and the ones that we loan money to have a very high success rate. Mm -hmm. They have to. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have to have our money back. We have to get repaid. So if the business isn't successful, then we'll lose on the, on the loan. So we're gonna be very selective. We have a very strong discipline of the types of young businesses we'll loan to. Mm -hmm. Usually you have to have some type of outside income other than relying just on the new business. Hmm. That's one thing a lot of borrowers don't understand. If you're counting on this new business to keep your mortgage payments going and keep your household expenses being paid, that's a lot to ask from a new business. Those funds need to stay in your new business to help keep things running. Um, what Where we've been really successful is when another uh, person in the household has income, they can keep things going on the household side, 
I don't have to draw money out as the business owner first year or two. Those have been, that's where, that's where we're most successful on, on uh, startup businesses, young businesses. Or I guess, could it, could it work where someone maybe has sort of a side gig, you know, they might have a day job, so to speak, that is paying the bills. Let's say they're, you know, unmarried, unattached. Have you seen where people that have a have a day job that's paying the bills, but they've got a side business that they're trying to get it off the ground? Is that another situation where that would work? Could be, could be. Where we where we see it, maybe it's got retirement income, maybe they've got a retirement account they plan to draw out of to fund some of their business and uh, and household expenses. But yes, if if there's another business operating and this is a new business, that's that's a great situation for us to lend into. There's existing cash flow, existing income to the owner that we're not totally dependent on drawing funds out of the new business. Mm -hmm. What are some, um, you know, if, if you were just kind of creating a billboard out there for people to read, um, that, that was something that you would want them to know about this process. I mean, what would you want to put on a billboard out there on, on 126, say, that, that would just let people know uh, something about this process? What, what, what would that be? Well, that's funny you say that. Just yesterday, I told someone that BDC will never have a billboard because... <laughs> Whoops. Be, no, that's fine. The, um, our model is that we get our loans from the banks. So the banks in the state of South Carolina, if they have a loan that they can do in-house, they should do that. But if there's one that's not being approved, but it's got a lot of merit to it, that's when they call us in. Gotcha. But if we were doing a billboard, mm -hmm. then it would say... Business acquisition financing is available here. That's a really big area for SBA. Uh, low down payment. Uh, a lot of people are looking to preserve capital mm -hmm. and maybe the bank's asking for a larger down payment. Startup business loans. Very hard to find a lender interested in making a startup loan because of the risk of not being repaid. We do those under sort of the scenario that we just, right. we just discussed. And then last but not least, SBA loans are extremely flexible. The 7A loan in particular can make anything from a large real estate loan up to $5 million down to a small loan, maybe to buy some inventory for an existing business, mm -hmm. maybe buy a truck for your business. So very flexible um, program. Mm -hmm. You know, for, it's interesting you mentioned startup businesses because I think sort of what you hear in, in the startup business world is that, you know, to raise money for your business, it's all about raising money through equity. Of course, if they get a, a loan through you guys, they're raising money through the use of debt. Could you talk to us a little bit about, you know, why there may be some advantages to raising money through debt rather than equity? Sure. Listen, I, we've had borrowers say, um, the reason I got an SBA loan is because I didn't want to have a partner. And having a business partner can be tough. It's, it's, uh, I hear it related to being married. And so the relationship has to be extremely strong and you have to be on the same page when it comes to money and the finances of a business. Some people don't wanna take that on. The other thing is if you're asking for an investor to come into your business, they want a large return. They're taking on a lot of risk. They, they want a large return. Interest wise, I don't know what that might be. 10% return, 20% return a year, somewhere in, We've seen numbers like that. Mm -hmm. An SBA loan, even a 7A loan, is only priced at around 6% floating is the maximum rate, and it can go down from there. Sure. So that's a cheap form of capital, mm -hmm. if you think about it as a form of replacing equity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's a good distinction to, to make that 
Again, I think a lot of the stories you hear about fundraising, if you will, are people raising millions and millions and millions of dollars. And certainly there are businesses out there that need that amount of capital to sort of keep it, keep it going. But I think that most businesses, you know, kind of in the fat part of the curve, so to speak, don't don't probably need to raise tens of millions of dollars, yep. you know, in their first round of round of financing. And you know, I know in, in the work that our firm has done, you know, we we've seen where so many businesses don't even consider raising money through debt. It, it's not even a consideration. And so that's why I think it's it's great to have you on to sort of talk about this this program that I think sadly a lot of people, especially startup businesses, have have no clue of. I think that um, 7A especially has gotten a lot of good marketing, if you will, through uh, business acquisition. Yep. In other words, if they want to buy, if people want to buy a business, it's, it's, I mean, that's where we send people. We're like, you should, you should think about doing this. Uh, and our firm, of course, doesn't make loans, but, but we understand those things. And um, a lot of people just aren't aware of that. And so um, I'm glad you, you um, maybe one day you might get that billboard out there. I think just to continue to educate people on, on that as a, as a, program because you're right. I mean, the collateral requirements for most traditional bank lending, the cash flow requirements for traditional bank lending, um, you know, if you're just kind of starting out or or you've got kind of not much runway where you have started from, um, it makes it almost impossible under current lending standards to, to approach a traditional bank. Well, it does. And, and not just those early stages, also even mature businesses that are expanding. So good example. Uh, a second location of a successful business could take on a large amount of debt. Well, the existing cash flow may not support that new location, sure. may not support that amount of debt. Mm -hmm. So you're going to rely on projections. We expect the second location to do about what the first location will. But when you're into projections, now banks, it's going to be difficult for a bank to make a loan in that situation. They use historic cash flow, usually in their underwriting. So that's another great use of the 7A is to do expansions where this is going to be major amount of debt taken on and the cash flow doesn't support it as it stands today. So if we're talking about projections, I mean, you know, I think a lot of times projections are made with the best of intentions. And even if they've got yeah. someone looking over their shoulder to kind of maybe rein in those expectations, you know, that can be done. But then for example, you have a pandemic that strikes that, that just blows away everyone's projections and pro formas and all that kind of stuff. Let's say you're that person that took a loan and it, it did have an SBA guarantee, but either your business, your business might not fail, but say revenue is definitely not there to support the debt payments. What happens at that point? Well, I've been amazed and so impressed with SBA this year and over the last 12 months uh, during the pandemic. SBA really stepped up. So for at least six months, and in some cases longer than that, SBA made the payments for the borrowers. So the payments come to us, we're the lender. And so we're expecting to see these new restaurants and these hotels that we financed make their debt payments, but they've been devastated because they've had to close. This sure. was early in the pandemic. Well, SBA as part of the CARES Act was able to make the payments for them for many months. So we got through the, through the closing part of our state. And then when we reopened, they're able to do some limited business they were able to start making their payments again. SBA really stepped up. They showed a willingness to work with their existing borrowers during an emergency like this. That's that's a benefit we didn't know existed until <laughs> yeah. last year. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not sure they'll do it every time there's an emergency, 
but this it was great this past time. Now let's talk about non-pandemic problems. Sure. Business just isn't going well. Right. Or a competitor came to the market and business is going slow. Well, you're dealing with us as a lender. As the um, Small Business Administration will not take your phone call and help work with you on the loan. You have to go to the lender. You have to go to BDC in this case. And we can be flexible. So if there is a problem, we can make modifications. We can temporarily modify the loan uh, payments until, until things turn around. So that that's a level of flexibility that most people don't know existed. Yeah, I think, again, I'm glad, I'm glad that that's there. And I think um, just, just as an observer, I was a little surprised also with, with, the, with the, how the SBA did step up, like you said, uh, during the pandemic, because I think, you know, an unprecedented time does sort of require an unprecedented action to be taken. And we certainly saw that. But I think, um, you know, people just have sort of a fear, if you will, of, of debt. You know, and it's almost where, you know, a lot of people that were um, uh, even alive during the Great Depression are no longer alive, but sort of that mentality has stayed it with us culturally, you know, to be wary of banks, to be wary of, of debt, uh, to be sort of out of control of things. But I think you make a good point, and I think that's one of the one of the several footnotes in this interview is, you know, if you don't want another cook in the kitchen, if you will, a business partner, um, if you don't want to share control of your company because you sold equity, um, if you want to have maybe more flexibility and um, frankly give a smaller rate of return to someone, you know, debt financing is a good alternative, if you will. And, and maybe it shouldn't even be looked at as an alternative. It should be looked at as an option yeah. um, for financing a business that probably a lot of people don't take advantage of maybe or, or they certainly don't don't consider it as as high on the list of options as maybe they should. I think if debt is an option, that might ought to be the first choice. There should always be equity in the business. So, sure, whether it's owner's equity or follow-up uh, stock sale or whatever it is to raise that equity. But if if uh, if debt is a possibility, it's a, it's it's a great possibility. Now, a lender has to be repaid, so it's not a ever. It would never be considered a grant. It has to be repaid. So. The, you know, we talked about projections before, and you know that in a cup of coffee, that that in fifty cents will buy you a cup of coffee. But <laughs> um, SBA does make us justify projections. So if a new business comes in with very high level of projections, we may have to pull out a similar business from our files and show SBA, well, this is about the level of revenue that a business like this um, could expect. What if you're, um, and just you know, again. I'm, I'm curious about this, but what if you're um, a female, a person of color? Are there special provisions made through the SBA to make loans toward um, uh, groups that are in some type of minority or or female-led businesses? Yes, there are. Um, it's a it's a priority for the group that you said. So, minority borrowers, women borrowers, veterans, mm. rural businesses. Okay. Those are targets for my company. Uh, we're a mission-based lender in South Carolina. We cover the whole state. And our mission is to make loans to small businesses, especially in the underserved markets, if we can reach them. Mm -hmm. And so that's that's one of our goals. And so you're saying if you can reach them, and I think uh, you were saying earlier that, um, so if you are in one of those groups, if you are a minority business owner, a, a woman, a female-owned business, a veteran business, veteran-led business or someone in a rural community, 
do people in those groups reach out directly to you guys or should they still work through a bank first and then approach uh, you guys through 7A? Well, the banks, they probably have a banking relationship already. That's the first part. That's the first place to start. We have relationships with all the banks and um, their bankers should know of BDC. So if they, if they have a need of capital, of an SBA loan, they can start with their bank and be referred to us. Okay, great. Well, Peter, thanks for sharing all this. Um, I, there were some things that, that I learned also through, through just our conversation. Um, where can people find you? Do you guys have a website? We do, businessdevelopment.org uh, is our website. Also, BDC of South Carolina, that'll come up on a Google search. Okay. And uh, we'd love for you to check out our website. It's actually a learning resource also. The programs are detailed, the criteria, what the, what the um, program would look like, would you qualify, we have all that on our website. Great. We, and, you know, if there are questions, we are glad to answer them directly. We just suggest they start with their bank in case it's a bankable loan. Well, again, Peter, thanks for your time. Thanks for sharing this and, and for making this resource available to, to our audience. And um, thanks for what you're doing. Thanks for having me here.